What's up, man? And welcome to another episode of Quality Manhood, a show meant for Christian men seeking to understand how to apply God's truth in everyday life. And the reason for that, if you didn't catch our last episode, is because we love Jesus, right? That's why. I'm one of your hosts, as always, PJ Burner, along with my co-host, Kellen Allen. Konnichiwa. Japanese. Yeah. Boom. Good. Boom. That's because I like sushi. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> they yell it at you when you walk in there. Yes. Yeah. There, as if there's just one sushi restaurant. <laughs> you know, that one place. Yeah. When you walk in there, they yell that at you. That's true. That's yeah. The one that we go to. Yeah. And we are joined again with our good friend of the show, Brandon Meller. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me back. And I, I like sushi. I, that's probably my favorite food. So thank really? you. You make me feel comfortable right now. I, f- I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Thank you. You like sushi. How yeah. far would you take that? Would you eat sushi from a grocery store? Yeah, yeah, I think I would. I, w- I would prefer not to, but if it's if that's what I got to do, that's what I got to do. Would but I'm, you, I'm like I'm like picking them up, and I'm really looking. I'm looking at the dates on these things. I'm gonna see, you know, how yeah. fresh this is. You know, but the ideal scenario is you're on a boat, you're fishing, you catch the fish, you bring it on the boat, you chop it up, you dip it in some soy sauce and wasabi. Boom. That's what's Whoa. up. Which Whoa. is what everybody gets up. to do all the time, right? Exactly. All the men totally are like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, exactly I do what. That, yeah, in my yeah. backyard. No, not, I haven't done that, so uh, I'd like to do that is what I'm saying. It'd right. be nice. It'd be amazing. All those fishing boats that keep soy sauce and wasabi on board. Exactly. You know what? That's right. I'll yeah. just go yeah. to the restaurant. Hey, I saw that Meat Eater. Have you guys seen, seen, seen this show? It's like it's on YouTube and, and some other channels. Sounds like it's a quality manhood it's, show. It's, it's definitely a quality manhood. This dude, he's, he's a hunter. He's really good at it. Well, I watched an episode where he went fishing here in, in Southern California. Right off the coast, caught the fish on the boat. Guys were ready, sushi it up, good to go. That's amazing. Mm. That's amazing. Mm. I like sushi too. What's your favorite? What's your go-to? Oh man, go go-to would be any sort of raw fish with a little bit of crunchy something on top, I, whatever that is. So you like know, the tempura, tempura or some sort of yeah, something like that. The the raw the raw fish, which is sushi, kind of, sushi right? Little, so it's a little softer, <laughs> right? A little softer, but then you got the crunch aspect of it. Oh man, so good. Dude, there's so the good. elitists out there that are like, it's not sushi, it's sashimi, yeah. or yeah. it's it's whatever. Uh, sure, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that's what I want. It's good. Have you ever had? We're so off topic. We'll get to we, the topic. We, we, we yeah. will. We'll get you, there. Yeah, what happened? You, you did this. You did this. I, I, I did. I <laughs> so did sushi restaurants in Dallas, for whatever reason, when I was growing up, yeah, I had sushi in Dallas. I survived. The closest ocean is the Gulf of Mexico, and sushi doesn't come from jo- there. So. Joe Pool Lake is out there, and that's, Lake Ray Hubbard. They're not, they don't, no, that's they not sushi. Qualify. No. <laughs> Anyways, they used to serve quail eggs there. <laughs> Have you ever had a quail egg? <laughs> Raw? I've not had one raw. No, it's I've seen not it. yeah, good. Yeah, no. It's it not good. But when I was in high school, like we used to go there, and my friends were like, oh, you got to do it. And, of course, yeah. giving into peer pressure, you, of course. you do it. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. we're not here to talk about sushi. We're not? I'm out. Um, so, yeah. Kellen, this is your fault. Yeah. It is? This is on you because you I started. I just said hello. That's all I did. You did. I don't know why. You did, but it you said there. a Japanese hello. Right. Hey, so we're here, uh, we're here to talk about the dangers of and even the deception of self-righteousness. And, uh, and that's something that can be deadly in our culture. And as we'll talk about, it's something that can be deadly in our church. And uh, it's, it's not hard right now to look around and find a lot of it in our culture. You know, whether we're, we're dealing with COVID-19, you know, you've got the both sides of the spectrum. You've got self-righteousness that can creep in with those that are like, you have to wear a mask at all times and don't walk in if you don't have a mask. And then there's other people that are like, I can't believe you're wearing a mask. Why would you ever wear a mask? I'm never going to wear a mask. You've got you know, vaccine versus no vaccine. You know, you've got is, is coronavirus real? Is it fake? Was it a bat or was it a lab? You've got so many people that are willing to, you know, to, to bow up and be, you know, self-righteous and, and indignant even over things that are surrounding this issue of, of COVID-19. And then there's, there's other things like what's going on in the news right now. Kellen, talk to us a little bit about, about some of that. 
Yeah, so, I mean, we got the, the protests going on. Um, it, it, you can't miss it. Um, so pretty much in every city now. Um, and, yeah, th- there's just a lot going on there. You got protests from that standpoint. You got ones that are turning out to be a little bit more physical ver- versus the ones that are being more peaceful. And you got people that are outspoken about it. You got people that are quiet that may feel the same way. And, uh, again, it's just being able to understand, like, where everybody's coming from and knowing that, you know, people are going to have different perspectives of it and us keeping our own motive and saying this is the way it should be because I believe in it, everybody has to believe in it. I think we just have to be careful there, especially as Christians, knowing that, uh, you know, we're we our ultimate source is the Bible, right? right? And we need to make sure that we are honoring and glorifying how God wants us to live as Christians, not, you know, how somebody is going to tell us we should you know, feel about a certain situation. And so, right. uh, yeah, it, it's just that situation gets a little tough uh, with with protests because, yeah, do we want justice being served? Absolutely. Right. Do we dislike the bad things that are happening? Absolutely. Yes. Um, but at the same time, we want good and we, we're all for the good and, you know, we're against the bad just like everybody else. And I think, you know, people have a certain way of, of how they're going to show it and, we we can't get to the point where we get so self righteous to say unless unless you do it my way that's the only way that matters right right and it's on both sides of the spectrum I mean you go on social media you've got self righteousness coming out on on every single angle every single side of this right there are those that say with a big giant sign silence is violence and then there are others that say don't say anything if you if you're not a part of us if you're not with us yeah. right. Um, and then you've got other people that are like, all the protesters are idiots and they should, you know, they, they have no points that are valid at all. And then it's just, it's all noise after a while because it's all people bowing up in, in a self-righteous stance of really what's at the root of this, which is what, Brandon, what would you say is at the the core root of self-righteousness? Sin, right? I mean, sin, I mean, that's what it all boils down to. And I know, you know, and I've had these conversations before with people and, and non-Christians like, yeah, well, that's, that's a cop out. That's easy to say. Yeah. Oh, sin, sin's the cause of all this, but that's not, you know, and they don't quite get, that's not getting to the issue. Well, it is the issue at the core of it. It says in the Bible that that is the issue. We are, we are cursed, right? Um, it started, you know, very early on in the beginning that we are cursed and sin is the ultimate, you know, backdrop to all of this. And that's what it all boils down to. And how we boil that down is going to be different for certain people, but that's the core of all of this at the end of the day. Yeah, it's go- going after the the smaller problems isn't going to solve the big issue. It'd be like, you know, if you had uh, a brain tumor and it's causing this massive headache. Well, guess what? If you go take Tylenol, that's not going to solve your brain tumor. You need surgery, right? And that surgery here is the, the sin and, and Christ needing to intervene and people need to be saved. That solves everything. That solves the headache. That solves any other issues that you might have going on. If we just go after the small issue here, then let's just say, you know, best case scenario, it meets everybody's standards, right? And everybody's happy and we're high-fiving. We still got this big sin issue here that, right. you know, when death comes, that you know, death is coming for everybody um, at some point in time. When that comes, then, you know, eternity might end you up in hell if you don't have Christ. Right. Well, if we solve the sin issue, then eternity changes for you. Uh, You will then be in heaven. And then also the way you behave, the way your outlook on life, because you now are accountable to God and not your own self, is is completely different. And that's going to change your behavior for everything. Um, And so, yeah, it's about going after the big issue and that sin and that, you know, started with Adam and Eve. And it, it, it shows up in every... Every book of the Bible in some way, shape, or form, is this, there's a sin issue and we need Christ. 
Exactly. And it's, you know, I'm reminded of when Jesus was teaching and one of the Pharisees, one of the lawyers, the experts in the law came up to him and said, teacher, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus' response to him was, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And he didn't stop there, did he? He said, and by the way, I'm going to give you a bonus commandment as well. The second greatest commandment, which is like that one, is love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. And he said, on these two commandments hang the rest of the law. And uh, not only was it a satisfactory answer to this, this expert in the law, it's, it's, a, it's, it's true, right? It's, it's from the mouth of, of God. It's from the mouth of our Savior. And this is what our obligation as Christians boils down to, is to love God and love others. And I think what concerns me right now, and looking around even you know, the response from Christians even in the church right now towards this, and maybe this is becoming more of an episode on what's going on in our culture right now, and that's fine. Let's talk about that, right? Is my concern is that this is is now about silencing those that disagree with us mm-hmm. and proving them wrong than it is I've got to love God and love others. And it's it's hard, man. I mean, Christians, we're not doing anybody any good by going off on rants against all of the protesters. Yeah. We're just not. It's it's that's not gonna do any good at all. Um, on the flip side, you know, if, if you're a Christian and in, in you're empathizing and sympathizing with what's going on and these protests uh, going on, you know, uh, the, the, the injustice, like Kellen was, was saying, that really, truly needs to be addressed and dealt with is sin, and, and we need to, to make sure that the gospel is part of the equation, right. and not, in fact, not just part of the equation, that the gospel is the equation and the solution to what's going on out there. Yeah, and yeah, that's exactly right. And with this... Um, like the protests, there, there's there's nothing wrong with standing up and saying we need change. We absolutely need change. We we this this world is is evil and it's wicked. But again, the Bible promised that. And when you look at uh, in Matthew, when we talk about signs of the end times, it talks about there will be more lawlessness. There's a lot more lawlessness going on right now. Uh, talks about there will be you know cold cold hearts. There's a lot more colder hearts right now and evilness that are, that are happening. And so yes, this is a sign of the end time. And, and I don't want anybody to you know misinterpret what we're saying. There absolutely needs to be change in a lot of things. Right now, we're talking about the racism and and how it's seen and, and the things that are done. Absolutely, it needs to be changed. But it's what change needs to happen, and that's mm-hmm. what we're trying to emphasize here. It's like let's not attack this one issue. Let's look at the bigger issue, and that's going to take care of the racism, the injustice, whatever people are feeling. But it's it's the bigger problem that we're having. And the other thing that you had mentioned, uh, PJ, was you know um, we we sort of like weed people out if they're not on the same page as us. And so if you look at, um, you know, whether it be the protest and it's like, well, because you didn't say anything, then you disagree. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't agree with that because you can, you can be on the same page and not feel like I got to go write a dissertation on social media to, to show that I agree. Right. And so, and it's, the other thing of it, even if you look at abortion, right, the, the first thing that people will say is like, well, you know, you're, you're a guy, you don't have a right to have an opinion here because you're not a female. Well, at the end of the day, it's not my opinion. We're going to the Bible, and everything that we need to do, everything opinion that we need to have as Christian men is, starts at the Bible. It's not our own self-righteous opinion. It's not what satisfies us. It's the Bible. And so if we're speaking God's truth, the creator of all things, 
then we we have something to say because we're speaking from the Bible, and that transcends through everything, through racism, through uh, abortion issues, through any anything, domestic violence, all those things that happen that are evil and wicked, that transcends through all of it. Right, right. And maybe, man, you're sitting out there going, okay, so what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to go down and, and go to the protests and tell them about Jesus? Yeah, maybe. Maybe if that's, if that's what you feel like God is calling you to do. But how about you start with your next-door neighbor? How about right. you start with your coworker? How about you start with your family members, right? Absolutely. Because they're all seeing the exact same thing going on right now. And, man, the, the gospel is the answer. And these people are watching this and trying to figure out, how should I interpret all of this? How should I respond and react to all this? And that's what we're talking about here. If the church will stand up and be the church and take the hope of, of Jesus Christ... Uh, to the lost in our lives, we're going to start to make a dent. That's what Kellen's talking about, that that's what's going to start to to have the impact that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to start to provide lasting change. And let's not be mistaken, uh, guys, the, our, our goal is not to turn our world into a utopian society here. Our goal is to fight against injustice and to fight against sin and to see sin uh, put to death wherever we find it. But the reality is we know from Scripture that this world is getting worse and worse and worse and worse, and eventually Christ is going to come back for his church and it's going to be bad times for those that are left, and then Christ is coming back uh, to set up the millennial kingdom and the new heavens and new earth, right? I mean, we, we know that the goal is not for mankind to, to, to reach a utopian society, but if we want to see improvement in the world, church, our answer is to go out with the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, Galatians 5, you know, 22 and 23, right? And you think about what what can I do? I, I've asked myself that question. You know, what can I do right now? What what can, as a Christian man, what can I do? And what I can do is in all dealings and situations and, and interactions I have with people, whether it be family members or neighbors or somebody at the grocery store, whatever it may be, because everybody's on, you know, we're all on, there's such division, you know, division going on. Everybody's on some side, well, what can I do to walk that walk that line and to represent Christ properly and to do my part? And I can exhibit the fruits of the Spirit, right? If, if I claim to be in Christ and I am truly repentant and saved and I've experienced a regeneration from the inside out, I can exhibit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Couldn't we use all of those things now more than ever? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, those are things that I, and I, I tell that to my kids. I mean, you can exhibit these traits. I, they're not saved yet, but you can still exhibit these traits. You know, we expect you to act in, in these certain ways. And because and, and, my kids deal with it. They're at the park and, and a kid says something that is clearly he heard from his parents. And my daughter says, How, what, what do I, what, 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 what do I say to that? You know, I'm like, well, here's what you do. You know, you, you, exhibit, the, you exhibit these fruits of the spirit, you know, and, and, and mimic Christ the best way that you can. And that's my strategy on it. And I, you know, I, I think it's helpful to look at it from that perspective. Right. And we've talked about this before on this podcast. Let's not all forget about the power of prayer. Uh, before mm-hmm. before anything is like we need to be praying. We need to be praying for our leaders of the country. We need to be praying for these protesters. We need to be praying for uh, all of those things that you want to see. Let's go to God for that because he if. if if it's going to change, it's going to be God. It's not going to be because, you know, I, I decided to go out um, to a protest and share Christ. And, and even with that, it's like we need to be praying before that happens uh, before, because God, pray for wisdom because that might not be the wisest thing to do. And like um, PJ was saying is, you know, ha- have you shared Christ with your neighbor, right? Have you shared Christ with the people that are closest around you before you say, you know what, I'm going to go attack this the, the giant here, right, so to speak, where there's, you know, 50 people there for a, a reason and a purpose, and I'm going to go open-air 
preach the gospel to those 50 people, and yet I haven't even talked to my neighbor about it. And so what, how are we having the conversations with the people that are closest to us and continuing to share Christ with them? And, and God's given us these opportunities of where we live, who we work with, the, the people that are closest to us to be able to proclaim um, the gospel there. But yeah, the power of prayer is is just... It's what's going to get us through this time. It's what's going to get us through the next situation, the next situation. And God has the ability to intervene. If he wants to stop all of this, if he wants to stop COVID, if he wants to stop this racism, he can come in and intervene today and make it all right. He could. Is that the plan? We, we don't know. Um but we, we can be praying for that because he's the only one that has the power to do it. So uh, let's not forget about the power of prayer, and it needs to start there. Right, 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 exactly. And, and the other passage to remember, you know, Fruit of the Spirit is a, a great passage, Brandon. The other one that comes to mind right now for me is Ephesians 6 and the, uh, the spiritual warfare, right? Yeah. Um, yes. And Ephesians 6 that's going on here. I mean, we've got... Uh, Paul writing, finally be strong in the Lord, Ephesians 6.10, in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the people that vote differently than you right. do. The schemes of the protesters. Yeah. The schemes of the people that look different than you do. The schemes of, no, it's not any of that. It's that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil for, he says in verse 12, to go even further and explain more his argument we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Y'all, the, 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 the enemy is having a field day right now with oh, what's yeah. going on, and not just culturally, in the church as well. Whether it's about COVID-19 or it's about the protest, the enemy is just loving the divisiveness that's taking place. Mm-hmm. You know, the enemy is loving the fact that we're angry with one another right. and not angry at him. The enemy is loving the fact that we are wrestling against flesh and blood and not against the spiritual forces that are at work. And he's winning. Guys, he's winning this battle, which takes me back to what we talked about at the beginning. What should I be doing as a Christian? That's essentially the question that was asked to Jesus, though, from a church perspective now. The answer, love God and let that overflow into a love for one another. Amen. That has to be guiding it, man. That has to be dictating it, man. If you are angry at people, if you are angry at people, yes, there's a, a righteous anger, but that righteous anger needs to be directed at sin, needs to be directed at the enemy, the, the, the spiritual forces as Paul's talking about here, right? We need to see people who are lost as in need of Christ, first and foremost, above and beyond anything else. And, you know, I just, I fear that we're spilling so much ink or, you know, pixels on social media and and it's, it's not being used on something that we should be using it with, which is how do I love God and let that overflow into love for others? And the most loving thing that you can do for anyone else is to share the gospel with them. Yeah. To point them to Jesus. Yeah. And sharing the gospel, first Peter 3.15 says, you know, but in your hearts, honor Christ as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason, for the hope that is in you. So that's our opportunity to share Christ. When you know people might ask you the question, be have that opportunity to share Christ. But it doesn't stop there. It says, yet do it with gentleness and respect, gentleness and respect. And mm-hmm. so, how we're sharing Christ? Because there, there could be you know, you come down and say, this is what needs to, happen, and you haven't even heard that person out. One one thing that you know, as you read through, um, you know, the Gospels and see how Jesus shared 
share just the hope that he had and, and to believe in him is he always did it by asking questions, right? He, he did it by getting people to understand and, and get there themselves. If anybody, he could have went down, he could have came out and said, you need to believe in me and or else. Like, he, he could, right? But he never did that. He always asked questions, right? He gave parables and he was always gentle and loving no matter how ruthless they were, how, no matter how much they disrespected him, mm-hmm. him to his face, right? And so we're not being disrespected to our face for us personally. People are disrespecting Christ, and the Bible tells us that's going to happen. So even in all of this, again, as we go back to thinking about when people protest, and, and we could talk about protests current day, right now, what's going on with the, the situations, um, with, with the racism and, and, you know, the George Floyd situation, or protests that happen, you know, the next protest or whatever it might be. Uh, there's always going to be protests. We need, as Christians, to be gentle and respectful and asking questions and knowing that Satan has blinded many people, so they don't know. And for us to go take somebody that's blind and say, you need to do this, you have to do this, or else, I just don't know if that's the right approach. So even when you're having conversations with, um, you know, somebody that might be an advocate for the protesters, just asking questions and being, uh, you know, understand in an understanding way of like, hey, I, I get your frustration, I get your anger, but but let me show you a way. Let me let me let me talk to you about something that's going to take care of all this, mm-hmm. right? Not just, hey, you're wrong, you shouldn't do this, this is dumb, because you know they they have their feelings, and if you automatically come at them that way, the walls go up and you won't get anywhere. Mm-hmm. If somebody leaves the conversation mad, upset, basically ready to, to, you know, for lack of a better, fight you, then you've lost. As a Christian, you've lost. We, we want people to leave conversations feeling like, man, they had a different view, but I just felt the love and the care that they had for me. Right. And they respected and they understood where I was coming from, and they still gave me the truth because it's not us that saves, right? God saves. Right. We, our job is to plant the seed, water the seed. God provides the growth. And, that, and we have to remember that and be understanding, gentle, and respectful in how we go about um, sharing Christ with people because that's what he represented. Right. Right. Well, man, uh, hopefully, I mean, we started out talking about we're going to talk about self-righteousness in the church. I guess we kind of did. Um, but ultimately, uh, you know, this is something that's really going on right now. And uh, I don't know how the shelf life is going to be on this episode, Brandon, but... Um, who knows? At least for now, this is what's on our plate and what a lot of us are, are facing and wrestling with. And just some thoughts to, to think through um, on this. And, uh, you know, again, the most important thing, I, I hope you don't hear us, you know, we're not trying to convince you of the validity of any side in this argument. We're trying to point you to Christ. And we're trying to get you to, to be less concerned about your side and more concerned about Jesus. Uh, more concerned about getting the gospel out there. That's crucial right now, man. Uh, That's what changes. So uh, we'll be praying for you this week towards that end as you strive to be quality men of God.